now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea, piping hot. So grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Buenos dias, good morning, happy hump day Wednesday, May the 26th, oh my gosh, this month is almost over, can you guys believe it? We got a fantabulous show for you all this morning, Thieves, Crooks, and Marriages of Convenience is probably what the show should have been called, but anyway... It is what it is. We're going to be reviewing all of the latest happenings. 
Um, y'all need to stop messaging me about somebody else and what they're watching, talking about they give me a run for my money. Y'all need to behave now, and you know who I'm talking about. Received several messages this morning. You guys are just naughty, naughty, naughty. I'm not even going to entertain it. <laughs> but I will have a chuckle, a private chuckle between me and the few people who are messaging me. Anyway, how are you guys doing? I hope you're doing well. I was in a lot of pain yesterday with my arm. And guess what? I did not get to go to physio. Oh, I should kick myself for that. Um, I'll tell you why, though. I didn't really eat like I was supposed to. And uh, I thought, ugh. I was also in the middle of that afternoon trial. It seemed like the lunch break yesterday was really short. And uh, I didn't get to do it, but I, I came home last night and I did a little bit of self-medicating, I suppose. I took out the machine gun, the machine gun, the massage gun. Have you? Are you guys familiar with a massage gun? I feel like I need to talk about this massage gun. Do you guys know anything about it? All right, give me one second. I'm going to grab it. This is totally impromptu. But I want to tell you guys something about this device. So let me just grab it and show you what they look like. Let me show you. Let me show you. I'm going to start doing product reviews on this show. Okay. There I am. The hair is still kind of rocking the curls. One of the reasons I like the tight, tight curls like this is they it will last a couple days, like legit. It might get a little bit flattened, and then I kind of just twirl it around in the morning, and uh, it doesn't look too shabby. So, yes, folks, still rocking those curls. So here's my – I accidentally called it a machine gun. Don't be calling the police to me, but Sandy's got a machine gun. This is a massage gun. And um, it's one of the best purchases that I've made in a really long time. So, you know, we all got aches and whatever. Uh, no matter how old you are. Some of you may be working out. You're walking. That'll give you aches and pains and so forth. Um, some of us just are not doing any of that. <laughs> and that's why we've got aches and pains, too. So um, they come in different brands and slightly different designs, but this is the gist of it, is you can just hold it in your hand, and the best part is you can give yourself a massage. You know, we don't all have the time or the money to go see a professional masseuse. They might be 75, 80 bucks or more, depending on what you're having done. I like this because I can target exactly where I need to, 15 minutes, and I get some degree of relief. So, you know, yesterday morning I was telling you guys about my shoulder, and it's still very, very painful, like right in here. And I think I know now why, because 
I mentioned Monday that I was going to be um, taking my car to the repair shop. Well, I have a rental. It all makes sense now because the rental is a left-hand drive. And so I'm actually having to use my left hand more to drive the car. Mm, very, very logical. And so um, I've noticed also that this car has a little bit tougher power steering. I mean, at times I'm like, does this car even have power steering? Like it's a lot stiffer to actually uh, drive this vehicle. And so I'm definitely using two hands. The other one, I think I use two hands, but I also know that the console is because it's a right hand drive. The console is in the middle. So a lot of times I find probably because the side is weaker, I am just subconsciously resting the hand, the elbow and everything on the console. These are the things that we do that sometimes we don't even recognize that probably is leading to a lot of our issues, right? So anyway, um, don't worry, Dan, we're going to get to the marriages of convenience. We got plenty of time to talk about that. So yes, so I got this um, for Christmas. It looked good. It was one of those Amazon finds where you're just scrolling through Amazon and you think to yourself, hmm, that looks interesting. I wonder if it really works. And so I hit that purchase button, buy now. <laughs> That button will get you in a lot of trouble. And I got it and um, unpacked it. Good morning to everyone who's joining us, over 200 people already. I unpacked it and I have been using it. Oh my gosh, everywhere. The only thing with it is sometimes you do need someone, especially if it's like your back, you obviously can't reach certain spots. But if you can reach it, you can use it and you can get relief. And so, like like anything else, massage um, gets in there and it, you know, works on the tissue, the muscles, and it can give you significant release. As you know, there's actually different types of massage. I don't know how, how much you guys are into massage, but massage does the body good. Um, there's lymphatic massage, with, which helps your system remove toxins. And um, they focus on the passageways that the lymphatic system uses. That's really important if you've ever had surgery, especially certain types of surgery that um, make your body retain water or fluids after surgical procedure. So certain surgeries like uh, cosmetic procedures, you know, if you go in and have liposuction, I don't know if you ever noticed someone who's had liposuction, but right after the procedure, they're probably bigger than they were before because they pump in a lot of fluid to be able to go in there and do what they need to do in terms of fat removal. So in order for that to actually come out of the system, time obviously will help, I suppose, drinking lots of fluids. But they do recommend that you also do um, lymphatic. Uh, <laughs> someone's asking how many batteries does that take? I'm going to tell you guys all about it here. This is so funny. Um, lymphatic drainage. So I, I purchased this. Uh, it comes with a little case. Now, this particular company made me send for the case separate. They're like, oh, now that you purchased it, you get a free case. I'm like, why not just send the free case with the, with the order? Like, that was kind of weird. Because then you know customs, like, oh, well, why aren't you, why are you getting this case? And I'm like, oh, gosh, it was free, and I had to go through anyway. Um, it's rechargeable, so there are no batteries needed for that person who's asking. So you got a little charging port right there. And it has different heads. I didn't bring the, um, the case with all the different heads, but you've got this one, 
You've got one that looks like a little fork. I've got about, I think, hold on a second. I'm going to go to Amazon and just show you guys what the heads look like from there. I think I came with about five or six different heads. Now, I have ordered another one since this as a gift for um, a dear friend. That one was a little bit different. It's That one is called a massage gun percussion muscle massager. Same thing. Great for pain relief, portable neck, um, back and body relaxation. But I tell you what, it is really, that one's actually better because it has more pieces to it. That one has like, oh my gosh, I'm just noticing how many nice pieces. That one came with the case and then it's got, um, I'm just going to grab a photo of that one. Yeah, I think I probably should order that one for myself because that one actually came with more pieces than mine. And that one has a digital display here where mine is just like, like um, colors and stuff. But it's, you can do it different strengths uh, when you turn it on. So that's fantastic. And um, you can also do, what's the other button for? There's different strengths and, oh yeah, I think that's the battery indicator. So it's very, very hefty, I should tell you. I think like this one is a slightly better quality than a lot of them that you will find. And when you purchase something like this, buy quality. This one came with four heads. So I'm going to show you what they look like because you want it to last a long time. Anyway, I have been using this thing like you would not believe. Like it is an absolute godsend. You know, um, I think I told you guys this. I've had an issue with my Achilles heel, for example, for years. Ugh, that was plaguing me. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I was doing all kind of physio. I had to end up getting shot in my leg, in my, in my heel, which was not nice. Um, and I had to do shockwave therapy. And this is why I think stuff like this kind of works. I'm going to tell you why here in a second. So with shockwave therapy, shockwave therapy uses a similar concept. It's like a gun that they attach this big machine, right? And one day my physician was explaining it to me. He said, you know, why they think from a medical perspective that certain things work like acupuncture like shockwave therapy, is that they actually go in there and re-damage the area, which forces the body to then heal itself. And it makes total logical sense when you think about it. Uh, for pain, if the body gets too used to the pain, it just doesn't even know what's going on, right? So it just continues to think, oh, this is normal. This pain that you're feeling is normal. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to sit here and allow you to be in pain. And of course, then you have to intervene with medical uh, expertise. So here's the one that I got. I'm going to show you. This is it. Um, it's by a company called Sweet Sweat Therapy Gun. And right now I have the round one on. But as you can see, there's like a flat one. There's one that looks like a little bullet. And then there's one that has like the little fork things on it, right? So there's that one. And then I've also purchased this one for, um, for gifting purposes. But this one actually does come with more attachments. And it looks a little bit fancier because it tells you, like, with a digital display, what's left in terms of the battery. But anyway, folks, this is an amazing purchase. I'm telling you, if you've never um, had one of the, those before, Miss Bonnie says her therapist uses it on her shoulder. Thank you, Louisa. 
and you just set it. I've never gone past the first setting because if it's an area that you're having pain, trust me when I tell you the first setting is more than sufficient. Um, and then sometimes I just want to loosen up like my calf muscle because I know the ankle issue is directly related to an over, as my um, the foot specialist, the podiatrist says, an overdeveloped calf muscle. Now that sounds crazy. And I know a lot of you think, oh, but isn't that a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. I've always had people tell me, you've got really great calf muscles because they really like are prominent. But the problem with that is um, that's just genetics, quite honestly. It's not like I'm at the gym working out. Uh, you know, but the problem with that is I don't have as much flexibility in the calf muscle that I should. So when he says to flex your foot in a certain direction, I'm not flexing it as much as somebody else because that calf muscle is so tight. So I need to massage it often. I need to stretch often, you know, so even before I go on a treadmill or walking or whatever, I have got to make sure that I'm stretching it because otherwise I will definitely feel it. So I need to pull, I need to stretch post-workout, after-workout, and guess what? This gun is like amazing because this gun allows me to go into that muscle and just work that area for 15 minutes, loosen it up. Abigail says she loves her some Amazon. Trust me, Amazon and I are like, I thought we were bad before Ivan. Right now, Amazon is in the top five of my BFF list, like seriously. Mary, Amazon is giving you competition. I hate to tell you. But anyway, um, <clears throat> Yeah. So Celine says, I do exercise and I stop because I get body pain. Well, I'm telling you, um, that's part of the process, I suppose. But definitely, um, Jonathan joining us from St. Martin, get yourself one of these. Jonathan says he loves leg day. Mm -mm -mm. You men are all into leg day, you know, chest day. And I'm just like, listen, you're lucky if you get one day out of me right now where I can just like, like, let's just do it all in one day. But I appreciate your um, desire to do what you should be doing for your body. Yes, Jonathan, work that leg day. Where is Jake, by the way? Jake has been vacationing. I've been looking at his social media pictures. Um, but this thing is amazing. So last night I had to pull it out and I had to have a friend help me. And I was like, girl, can you just, because it's in the shoulder. So it's kind of hard for me to, you know. And so she was working because I had pain in here. Here is the, the most. And then, you know, kind of down the arm. And let me tell y'all something. You turn it on, first of all. So, so there's the on and off button at the bottom. And then I'll tell you, oh, I got to charge it soon because I got two more bars left before it's in the red. And then this is, I don't know if you guys can see, but this is going to be, and then there you go. This is the first one. And literally, you just kind of work it in whatever area you need. Like, ooh, yeah, that it hurts. Like right there, it's painful. It hurts while you're doing it. And you just kind of like, you're going to massage it. You, you got to move it around though, because you don't really want to keep it, you know. And the other thing is you don't really add pressure to it. If you want pressure, you just increase the pressure here. So um, you don't push down on it. And then, um, yeah, you can use it on your neck. You can use it anywhere, basically. So some nights, even if I'm not in pain, I will legit sit down and just do my legs. You know, I'll do my calf muscles. I'll do um, the thigh area, the quad, whatever. Just do it all. 
And I'm telling you, like, I feel so much better. And I think it just helps, like, just release everything, all the tension, whatever. And then when I got to get to my back, I hand it to my husband. I'm like, here you go. Can you do my back for me? And he'll do like, because everybody's got that stress zone area, shoulders, neck, and upper back is where you get, you keep a lot of your stress normally, right? You know, when you go to the masseuse, they're like, oh my gosh, you you were so stressed out. They can feel the knots in there. And it hurts when they're trying to work those knots out and they can feel how much stress you're carrying around or whatever. And I'm normally like really, really tight. They're like, oh, you need to come and see us more often, Miss Sandy. And I'm like, Mm-mm. this investment is going to pay off, honey. So I hand that to my husband. And when he starts complaining like, oh, again, I'm like, hey, you want me to go to the masseuse right now? Get us $100 that I just saved you. Hello. <laughs> so I'm telling you, look into getting one of those. It's a life saver. So yes, Juanita, um, she says that her son has one. It's fun using it um, at times, using it on her knees and foot. Well, I use that. I use mine on, on the side of my feet as well because I do have, I'm like a flat foot. I'm like a little platypus. Is that what they call those little flat foot things? Um, I, I can thank my father for having a flat foot and walking the way that I do. But those mechanics actually cause me issues. So I do have a lot of like, um, I over... I put too much pressure on like the ball of my foot, like right where that the big toe and, you know, that area is. And so if I'm wearing certain types of shoes, so if I'm wearing heels, which I try not to wear, the higher the heel, the worse. I'm putting too much because of the pivot. I'm definitely putting too much weight on that part of the foot. And I know that night that it's going to wake me up at two o'clock in the morning with foot pain and tingling sensation and the works. Um, yes, Sarah, they're, they're generally called a mas uh, massage gun, a therapy massage gun. Um, some of them are called deep tissue body massage gun. And this particular one has four levels. It's rechargeable. And, um, you know, yeah, look into it. Like, it's awesome. I don't know if anybody on island sells them. I can't tell you about that because I did not get it here, Sarah, but it is you you would you're gonna be amazed. You'll want to use it probably every day. And because you're only using it for 15 minutes in a particular area normally, you know, um you use it and then either you move on to another area or you're done, you would be surprised of the relief that you're gonna get. Um, so yes, that's the, let me do my little Vanna White thing. This, folks, is my product display of the day. Go get yourself a massage gun, high quality, different heads, and well worth the money. Your body will thank you. All right, there we go. Uh, I was saying to a store owner the other day, in my head, I have a lot of ideas. And um, one of the ideas that I have is doing product reviews because you guys love, I, people love to watch other people do stuff. Now, we ain't getting into anything kinky, so don't be asking anything about that. But like when I did the tour the other day of J. Michaels, not only was 400 plus of you tuned in at the time, but that video now has over um, 25,000 views. And you guys are just like everywhere I went for the next couple of days after that, every person I ran into was like, oh, my God, I loved um your show. I loved, you know, the live stream from Jim Michaels. It was fantastic. 
I went there because of the live stream. So I keep thinking that we need to do a, um, we need to do a segment on, let me just see here, like a product review kind of segment. Let me just tell this customer something. Yes. So feature different products, maybe like once a month. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, feature different products. Tell you guys where you can find these little treasures. Because to me, this is like an amazing treasure, something that can legit save you a lot of money. And as much as I, I love Amazon too, and I'm always all over Amazon. Um, why did I not see this product before? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting, but why haven't I seen it before? Why don't I have one of these? And so, yeah, there you go. Product reviews on CMR. Why not? Okay. Good morning to Miss Beulah. Uh, Punctious is here. Jasara. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jasara says that there's a business page called Treasure Best. I've never heard of them. Are they local? And they're selling them as well. Get yourself a good quality one. It might cost you... Um, maybe 150 bucks or whatever, but get yourself a good quality one and it is going to be well worth it. Believe me, you. And uh, like I said, mine does come with a little carrying case and stuff as well. But yes, they're amazing. Deep tissue massage, precise massage, which is good because you know, sometimes even you go in um, for a massage and um, they're kind of working all, air all areas, but sometimes you just need to, like pinpoint exactly where you need to, you know, so they've got stuff for um, the spine, the Achilles heel, all sorts of stuff. Yep. So check it out. Check it out. Um, Amazon can thank me for that. Um, Juanita says cost you less, had some, but not as good as those you ordered from Amazon. They're the best, like what Sandy and my son has. Oh, I didn't even know that cost you less had them. There you go. Mary from cost you less. We need to talk because, you know, we can do product features right here. Um, so yep, get yours today. And uh, let me just see what else is going on. So we're going to be talking about marriages of convenience here in a minute. But let me get to a few things before we do that, including some court updates. I was up late last night, checking the list of, uh, you know, the judicial, the judiciary has a hierarchy of courts. They have different types of courts. So I think yesterday we were talking about mental health court. They have a drug court. Um, what other specialty courts they have? Financial services, drug court, family, and there's summary court, grand court. And then of course the big boys are the court of appeals. So the court of appeals, you get uh, three judges that sit in, um, you know, they hear appeal cases so in order for you to appeal a case, you have to go through the hierarchy. So you don't get to be like in summary court and just say, oh, well, I'm going to appeal straight to the, the um, court of appeals. You have to go to the grand court. And then if it's a grand court decision that you're not happy with, then you go to the um, court of appeal, right? So the court of appeal is the final appeal court locally. And then if you go from, if you're not happy with that decision, then you go to, um, I think it's, it used to be called the, oh God, they had a name change some years ago, but for us, it's the Privy Council. 
So in the UK, there was a name change and, uh, but we still have the Privy Council, which is like, you know, the biggest, highest court of the land for um, overseas territories and so on, right? So they have a couple cases up that um, very, very interesting. So, you know, the Court of Appeal can hear both civil appeal cases as well as um, criminal cases. So we're mostly interested, although sometimes the civil ones can be very, very interesting. We are mostly interested in the criminal appeal cases because we report on them in a court of first instance, like we tell you when the person's arrested, when they're charged, um, all that sort of stuff. And, um, oh, I forgot to send out the, the video link. I think someone's just reminding me about this for the show this morning. Ugh, all the technical things I've got to do. Uh, yes, so, um, you know, we tell you when they're charged, when they go to court, all that detail information. And then sometimes these people just don't give up. They continue their journey through the court system and they will actually appeal the case. Um, da, 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 da. So they will appeal the case. One second here. All the way to the court of appeal. Now, the thing about the court of appeal. All the way to the sorry. Court of appeal. That always gives me a little bit of feedback. Is that they do not hear um, cases just because. Like you need to come really, really good for them to consider your appeal, grounds of appeal, and so on. So there's two interesting ones that we reported on yesterday that I think uh, you guys will find extremely interesting. The first one is actually... Um, this gentleman by the name of, what's his first name? Hold on. His name is Rohan Anthony Gidarsing, 45 years old. He was convicted in 2017 of raping a 23-year-old. And about that time, I think he would have been like 40, 41 or so. And man, when you read this details of this, you get to understand what kind of predators we are really dealing with. Running around Cayman doing the most. Now, the interesting thing about Gadir Singh, Gadar Singh, or Gadir Singh, whatever. Um, I think their family is from Trinidad, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, you know, been here a minute, I guess, in Cayman, probably has status by now, which I'm hoping will be revoked. But um, his case we touched on back in, I'm going to give you one second. Um, I think it was just last year. So we did a story on him, not so much about his case, because when he would have been convicted and doing all that stuff, CMR wasn't around yet. Because remember now, we're just coming up on our 
uh, fourth anniversary next month. Yes, June, end of June. We're going to have a little party right here on CMR, y'all. So make sure you, you stay tuned for that. So, yes, yeah, so this um, gentleman, that's not the appropriate word for him, but you know what I mean. Uh, we're trying to keep it PC. He um, came to our attention and... He came to our attention because apparently he is, I guess, a chef by trade. And so his um, skill set is cooking, culinary. And yes, that means that I guess in prison he gets certain privileges. So imagine that just being in prison for a couple of years, they come to the conclusion that this guy is a low risk category D prisoner. That's what they call them. And so they allowed him to go on work release. Hmm. Okay. In theory, there's absolutely nothing wrong with someone going on work release. I think that, you know, you have to look forward to reintegrating people into the system. And so it makes sense for you to do that. My question immediately though, when I heard this story is I was like, hold on a second. He just got sent to prison for 13 years. How do you, after a couple years in prison, already get privileges and people talking about, oh, you're a category D. Um, like you're a category D, you know, low risk prisoner. And I'm like low risk to who should probably be the better question. Okay. So the dude is considered low risk. Hmm. And right. Now here's the most interesting thing about the situation. Where do they put him to work as a chef, a cook, whatever you want to call it in the female prison? <laughs> what? I cannot make this stuff up. A man who has, hey, Tommy from the Bahamas, good to see you. A man who has sexually assaulted, raped, let's call it what it is, right? Sexual, sexual assault makes it sound not so bad. What he did was rape a 23-year-old young lady on her birthday after plying her full of alcohol under the guise and premise of, oh, I'm going to take you out for your birthday and treat you to a good time. Well, um, rape might be his definition of a good time, but, you know, most women don't, uh, not most women, all women would not include rape as something that they would be considering a good time. So he rapes this girl at knife point with a flicker knife. And then he turns around and talks foolishness about how um, oh, she was consenting. 
Now, I don't know about y'all, but this is adding insult to injury, literally. When someone says to you, hmm, my defense in this case is going to be that this woman consented to what she is now claiming is rape. Now, let me tell y'all something. This man should be flogged for the 13 years that he's in prison. There was no evidence whatsoever that this woman consented. In fact, all of the evidence for the trial judge pointed in the opposite direction. She fled the room after he assaulted her, ran out of the room, ran to go call her mom, who then called her dad and they called the police. He did not even know this young lady. He was an acquaintance of her mother, apparently. And so when he saw her out, he said, oh, yeah, I know your mommy, blah, blah, blah. Um, let me take you out for a few drinks for your birthday because she was out celebrating her birthday. So he takes her out from one bar to the next, purposely getting her drunk, inebriated, because he had it in his head the whole time that he was going to get his way. And he didn't ask. He just took it. He raped her. So when we did the story last year about his um, being in a woman's prison, because legit, I had prisoners, you know, okay. They're like, yes, we are here in prison. You know, we've done something wrong, but we're not here to be tortured by a rapist or to be raped or sexually assaulted or anything else. We are here to simply pay for our you know, repay whatever we did to society. So if we stole money, yes, we're going to get convicted to three years or whatever, but they have a right to remain in prison without fear of being assaulted or being even uncomfortable to that level. Why on earth would you place a rapist, a convicted rapist in a women's prison doing anything? And so when we reported this in February of last year, I actually had government officials say to me, but Sandy, everybody deserves a second chance. I'm like, but bam, you people are something else. I'm like, of course, people deserve a second chance, but this ain't it. So early in your sentence, you get the privilege of working around women when you have sexually assaulted a woman in such a horrific manner. Are you kidding me? That's when I really started to understand that even people who are quote unquote running the system, they are clueless themselves, honestly, um, about certain things because no right thinking individual would not see the dangers of the psychological dangers and potentially physical dangers that you're putting the women in at Fairbanks by allowing a convicted rapist to be amongst them cooking food. And then you have other women who are like working in the kitchen, washing up dishes. They're in close quarters. Mm -mm. This is not acceptable. And then when you have the establishment, government officials explaining to me, well, this decision would have been made because, oh, he needs a second chance. I was like, y'all need a thump on your head is what you need. Some common sense would be nice but it's lacking in decisions like this. I'm like, okay, uh, give him a second chance in the male prison. 
He can be helping out in that kitchen. So anyway, we reported on that back in last year, early last year. He got a temporary release license. This is a board that allows low-risk category, category D offenders who have only 18 to 24 months remaining on their sentence to participate in a reintegration program. They claim a thorough assessment is carried out. Y'all joking, because there's no way this could have been a thorough assessment. But the other question that I had was, why is he eligible for this program? He got 13 years. 13 years. Now you do the math. I'm no mathematician. However, 2017, you get convicted for 13 years. And 2020, some, what is that, three years later, you're already in a work release, enhanced reintegration unit, blah, blah, blah. How does that work exactly? You've not even served 50% of your sentence. So I was very, very concerned when I heard the story. I mean, I thought this has got to be a joke. So the, the um, authorities said, oh, no, he's not in the ERU in the enhanced reintegration unit yet. So he's still in the general population, the general prison population. But we needed someone to cook in the kitchen and, and the female prison. And um, yeah, that's where he is. Mm. So he was cooking there during the work week alongside female inmates for at least at, the, at that time a month. What a mess. Um, now remember, this was February of 2020. In January of 2020, the inmates were complaining that during that earthquake, you guys remember, that they were left not even knowing what was going on. The staff ran and left them inside saying, oh, that was the most secure place to be. And I thought to myself, huh, uh, was Mr. Gadir Singh also in there with them during an earthquake when they were left to themselves for a couple hours before they knew what was going on because that was the safest place for them to be? Hmm. This is a brutal rapist, folks. This is nothing to, to... yes, Jasara. Jasara is like, make it make sense because it don't make no damn sense. Anyway, he has the audacity to appeal his sentencing and conviction. Hmm, really, Mr. Gadar Singh. Now, when the story first went up, his family members reached out, and you know, they were up in their feelings the most. Oh, why are you reporting this? This is, he's a father, he's a brother, he's an uncle. I'm like, and your point would be, are the facts in the story correct? Because that's the only thing that I'm concerned about. Have I said something about your father, your uncle, your brother that is actually incorrect? If I haven't, then kindly refrain from messaging me about this ridiculousness. Because at the end of the day, our obligation is to report things that are happening in the community. You may not like it because uh, you're connected to him and you don't want him to be in the news even more and be exposed. You know what? Let me speak on that for a minute. The other day, someone said to me, um, I'm going to read this to you because it is a little bit amusing, but it's also a sad indictment, I think, on us as a community. So someone says, thought you'd like this anecdote. As you know, I have um, a lot of people coming to me to solve all sorts of problems every single week. So on Friday, this person came to me with a problem. Turns out they stole 
X amount of money, a lot of money from their employer and they want me to help fix it. I told them that I don't get involved with stuff like that and wish them the best of luck. During the conversation, they said that they didn't mind going to court, but their single biggest concern was uh, with the matter was appearing in Cayman Maroon. That is where, you know, you're, you know, you're going to jail and you're not worried about going to jail. You handle that part of it, but you don't want to be in CMR. One of the things that we have done in CMR that's a little bit different than other media is we put a face to it because, you know, you got these predators walking around, lurking all over the place and you see a name. Some of them will actually go and change their names after a conviction. And we're going to talk about a young lady. I'm just waiting on the courts to call me to Sandy. That court file is ready. So I can get all my facts and ducks lined up on that one because you guys are going to be shocked. Looks like she's changed her name at some point. But yes, criminals go around changing their names after they've been convicted. So when you do a little Google search, um, you can't find them. But when you've got a photo, folks, there is no doubt normally that, oh, this is the rapist. This is what he looks like. So yes, we put up pictures for a reason. Number one, every story needs to have a picture on our platform. That's how the website works. And number two, I think that photos are useful bits of information for you to be able to operate by. So when you lie down next to this man and you're looking at him from this angle, now you can go and see him and go, oh, hold on a second. This joker was in the news for raping somebody. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Wow. So sad. So um, when people get offended that we write the truth about their loved ones, I feel sorry for you. But what you should do is be offended by your loved one's behavior. How about that for starters? Tell them to stop going around assaulting and raping people. Uh. Yes, of course, these sentences are too light. Mind you, um, a sentence for 13 years is one of the heavier ones that you will see. And I think that speaks volumes to what the court and the judge heard in this case. Normally, they get a slap on the wrist, a year, two years. But this amounted to keeping this woman against her will, sexually assaulting her, at knife point, that's an aggravated sexual assault. That's an aggravated rape with a weapon. So yes, this guy naive, as we would say. So anyway, he's out and about cooking at the women's prison. We do the story. His family gets their feelings all into the situation. Huh. Then he decides that he is going to appeal. Get this. Like I said, I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. He is going to appeal his conviction and sentencing not once but twice. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Wow. This guy has more nerve than a toothache. So in November of 2018, his appeal was denied. So the Court of Appeal, he was trying to get the sentence vacated. So what that means is he actually wanted them to throw out the entire conviction. 
Can you believe it? I'm just refreshing my memory here and looking at some notes. Yes, honey child. He wanted them to throw out the entire conviction. This dude, first class, all the way rapists, okay? John Furness was his defense attorney, claiming that uh, they hadn't properly analyzed CCTV footage or DNA evidence on a knife that had been used in the commission of the crime. And then they claimed that those omissions or those failures made the, the trial um, not fair. This is what he, he claims. And that the, the verdict was perverse and against the weight, perverse and against the weight of evidence. And the judge did not properly caution the jury about Gidar Singh's prior history of infidelity. Now, we weren't there to get all the facts. So I don't know how that came up, but rapist and a cheater. Hmm, not surprising. The rape occurred in 2014. He didn't go on trial until 2017. This is where the judiciary needs to get their stuff together. That poor victim had to wait over three years to get justice. You can imagine. And then having to constantly relive it. The assault, like I said, happened on her birthday. You can imagine now every single year for the rest of her life. I imagine if you were assaulted probably on any other day than Christmas, your birthday, like special occasions, you probably you, you will never forget it. But there's an extra insult added when it is a day that you have to remember for other reasons, such as the fact that you are celebrating it. Well, can you believe that he was also an assistant coach at some point of some local football team? I'm telling you guys, I, I don't I don't make up the facts. I just report them as unbelievable as they are. Assistant coach Rohan Gidar Singh, Roma assistant coach. I don't know which which club Roma is, but was that men or, or, or girls or I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, folks, um. He appealed in November of 2018. He lost that appeal. So the Court of Appeal basically goes said, said, go sit down. And he's back again with another appeal this year. Hmm. Not giving up, that's for sure. So they turned him down for a second time. I think now they need to say, listen, you don't get to appeal again. Quite unbelievable. The level of what he did and, um, you know, what was committed. So this time around, the Court of Appeal said, listen, uh, your appeal has no merit. In the nicest way possible, I think that they were like, just leave us alone. Like, stop trying to appeal this case because you're not going anywhere. It's just shocking to me. Um, he, I don't know if he's still in the women's prison cooking because after that story came out, I think that um, they may have decided after that that, oh, maybe this dude shouldn't really be a 
a chef in the woman's kitchen. Um, who was it that just was saying that you mean to tell me that they can't find women to cook? They actually had a woman um, chef available with no conviction. Yeah, so in 2008, I see an article here, but he was a Roma assistant coach. So I don't know how long he was coaching for. But what I do know is normally men like this, um, this is not a first conviction. I mean, this might be a first conviction. Let me clarify this. But this is normally not a first offense with that type of brazen and very thought out and planned out assault. He claimed during the trial that he had the knife on him because he's a chef and he just always walks around with a flicker knife. And the courts were like, eh. The jury, a jury of his peers said, yeah, we don't believe that. So sorry, but we really don't believe that. And throughout the trial, he maintained his innocence, claiming that, again, she consented to what happened to her. I can only imagine how this poor victim feels. So that was one of the cases that we updated last night. Appeal denied. The other case, which is very interesting, um, with a woman who had stolen a sum of money from Logic, she used to work at Logic in the admin office, and she was a clerk. She stole a sum of money. And uh, essentially, she was appealing her case as well. So here's the thing with her appeal <clears throat> and her whole thing. Her name is um, Kavina. Let's see here. Kavina Ellis. Now, this was a pretty interesting case because she was kind of a little bit hidden under radar when her husband also came to trial. Very good looking woman, I must say. Um, but that doesn't stop you from being a criminal or thief, apparently. It looks ain't got nothing to do with it. So there she is. Convicted of stealing over 50, I think it's $57,000 from Logic. Um, she would steal money from the bank bag before it went to court. I mean, before it went to the bank. And then she tried to cover it up by um, putting in money from like later deposits. I don't know how she thought that was ever going to work. Like that was just a stupid plan. But anyway, almost $60,000 CI. She would falsify the deposit slips. She was convicted in February of 2018 of theft and sentenced to three years. Now, here's an interesting twist of fate. Her husband is also... Now, a convicted thief. Huh. Do you guys remember him? He was the police officer who was trying to swindle the little old lady out of her house. And I was there. That was one of the first trials. That I was like, oh, my God. 
We have such thieves and swindlers amongst us? Are you kidding me? This can't be. Well, it sure is. Yes, good folks, he is a swindler and a thief. And during the trial, I mean, I already had put it together as I was listening to the evidence, right? There they are. Um, the judge said, you know, when she was contemplating his sentencing after he was convicted, the judge said, well, because of course the, the defense is like, oh, you know, he's got two young children and you're going to be taking him away from his children, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, where's the mother? And the defense had to say, well, um, she's also incarcerated. The judge said, what? Incarcerated? For what? I just remember, I can't remember the name of the judge right now, but she was um, an English lady. And I just remember her being very shocked, like, what? The spouse is incarcerated? What for? And uh, when they said, oh, like a theft matter, the judge was, you could see like her, you know, the judges do a very good job of keeping their composure, but you could see her jaw, um, not literally, but figuratively drop open. She was like, the wife is serving time for stealing too? And it's not related to this? And the wife actually played a pivotal role in his case in the sense that um, she was taking him to the notary to get the documents, the transfer documents signed for him to swindle this woman. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Like I said, I don't make up the facts, folks. I just report them. So yes, a swindling couple. Not swinging, don't think, don't misunderstand what I just said. I said swindling, as in thieving, stealing from people. Hmm. No, stop. Do you guys see? You know what I've just noticed in the background? You, I don't know who else picked up on this, but normally when you see my ball, you see that little head? <laughs> you guys see it's right behind the chair? You must be like, does Sandy wear a wig? That's actually my daughter's little Frozen on the other side. It's the Frozen Elsa. But she has it turned around and you only see the back. Ch that child goes around putting stuff all over the place. So I'm not surprised that that's in my camera shot this morning. I'm just noticing it actually on camera. But yes, uh, folks, thieves, thieves and more thieves. We are surrounded by them. And that's going to allow us now to segue quite conveniently into our next discussion, talking about fraudsters, people come to the Cayman Islands and they're up to a lot of no good. Believe me when I tell you, they don't even try to behave anymore. They come here straight out of the bat. With the most unconscionable behavior ever. So let us talk about why marriages of convenience was on my mind, because again, I was sitting there in court yesterday, listening to this latest trial. Oh, by the way, um, the children we then heard from the court were already sent back to Jamaica, poor children, to live with relatives 
while their parents served out their jail sentence and hopefully eventually get their lives together. Unbelievable. Those poor little twins and their little twin girls. Imagine growing up to find out that both of your parents, not just one, but both of your parents are thieves and came to the Cayman Islands, ruined whatever good name they had, ruined whatever reputation they may have had, um, all for the, the sake of stealing a few dollars. It's like, wow, really cannot make this stuff up? Mm-mm. Unbelievable. So um, let me take a quick uh, commercial break. And then I'm going to get into more swindlers, lie- liars, thieves, robbers, alleged robbers, and um, why marriages of convenience are not only morally wrong, but most importantly, why they put our country at significant risk. And if you are an individual who has married someone, now I don't want y'all be trying to come at me talking your foolishness this morning because I know y'all got your ears pricked up and some of y'all gonna be like, oh, she gonna be talking about Jamaicans. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. If the cap fit today, you're gonna put it on when it comes to marriages of convenience. And a lot of you know what I'm talking about. So I'm sorry, if Jamaicans are more likely to enter into marriage of convenience, then that's their business. I'm just here to report the facts. Miracle Brokers International is Cayman's premier source for all your packing, moving, and logistics needs. Whether it's moving a baby grand piano for a concert or moving halfway around the world, we have you covered with our team of local and international experts. MBI has over 30 years of industry experience and are able to get the job done for you right the first time. Contact us today for all your packing, moving, shipping, and logistics needs at 949-5989 or email info at miraclebrokers.com. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the program this morning. Uh, good morning, Miss Sue. And of course, Miss Debbie's here. She says they come here to pray and take what they can, get free what others have worked hard for. Sad part is we allow some of them to remain here. Well, we're going to be talking about that. Now, I would hope that a deportation order is in the works for both of them. But I know for a fact that sometimes I think deportation orders fall under CBC, right? So normally what happens is the judge will say, this person uh, should be convicted, I mean, should be uh, deported. However, it is not for the judge to start that process. That is an administrative process that has to be undertaken by the relevant um, authority which is CBC. So when I'm sitting there in court, listening to this current robbery trial, yesterday's testimony was from the young man who they allege is one of two robbers. So there's the young lady named Eve High Voltage. Um, Her real name is Kaznik Cupid. 
And she is said to be the getaway driver and the mastermind behind it. So they have evidence that they say um, that they're relying upon to demonstrate she was taking pictures beforehand of all the different locations where she worked. And uh, the prosecution is alleging the reason for those photos being in her phone is not what she claims that some fat Caymanian woman was harassing her and she wanted to take photos and a video, but in fact that she was trying to give uh, a robber the potential lay of the land in terms of this is where stuff is in the store, you know, this is where the safe might be and so on and so forth. So um, yesterday in court, they played the interview. So the day before, and I think if you missed it, please go and have a read of that story. You'll find it very, very interesting. We tried to be as thorough as we could be uh, in terms of what happened and, um, you know, what transpired, all that was said. There was a lot, obviously, and you have to summarize it. But the previous, on the 24th, we did a story how she appeared, um, the DPP played her interview. So I think they know that she's not going to show up as a live witness. So they're able to play the police recordings and play the interviews of what was said. So they play her interview and, you know, at, by the second interview, when there were some clear contradictions uh, from the first interview, she actually started crying in court when she was watching it herself, which is beyond interesting. This is the Tortuga robbery that happened. And I think it was February of 2020. Anywho, um, they played the DPP, the prosecution, played his interview yesterday. And I'm sitting there listening to some of the stuff. And I'm thinking, how do these people remain in the Cayman Islands? Legit, that was my question. So they said to the guy, you know, what's your name? He gives his name. They ask him, um, are you, uh, do you go by any other names, any other nicknames? He kind of hesitated. And then he's like, yeah, you know, um, people call me. He put some name out there. I can't remember exactly what he said now. And they're like, okay, do you ever go by Kilo or Kilo or um, what was the other name that he goes by? Um, oh, it begins with an S. Um, hold on now. Let me tell you exactly what they said. Because apparently she has him saved in her phone by his street name and not his legit name. So anyway, um, super interesting. Cause he was kind of like, eh, um, he, he's very, very interesting in his interview style, very heavy Jamaican accent. Like he sounded like, Hey, you just come off the plane. And some sitting there listening to him and going, okay, sicka. Yes. Thank you. Sicka. And, uh, the police are like, right. So, um, but he's like, oh yeah, you know, if, if me and you're not friends, you just call me by my real name, which is um, Nash, uh, Mr. Nash or whatever. All right. So the police say, when did you arrive in the Cayman Islands? In 2017. So that's just 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That's maybe four years, depending on when he got here in 2017. Not a long time. And they said, are you married? He says, yes. Who, what's the name of your wife? He refuses, pay attention, folks. He refuses to tell the police the name of his wife. Huh? And I'm sitting there going, okay, this is a little stupid, but all right. 
And they're like, um, sir, with all due respect, you do know that that's going to be like one phone call and we can get the name of your wife. Like that's not going to be a big, long, drawn out investigation. <laughs> We're entitled to have that information. And so why don't you just tell us? Uh, boy, you know, I mean, I want to get into that, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay. Um, so do you live with your wife? Where do you live? Um, no, I mean, I live with her, you know, because, um, yeah, I mean, I want to talk about her. I mean, I want to bring her up into this discussion here, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what? So where do you live? Um, my baby mother. So you have a wife that has a child for you. It sounds like you didn't really want to talk about the wife. And then you have a girlfriend who also has a young child for you. Cause he was saying something about the girlfriend, the the baby's birthday would have been like the child would have been one in January or whatever, when they had just conducted this interview. So then I'm sitting here thinking, wow. So this dude, by the way, he also said that he hasn't been working since 2019. So you come to the Cayman Islands, Mary came on in, it sounds like in very short order, jump on her, Marry her, uh-huh, have a child with her, don't stay with her, so you've now moved on, you got yourself a next woman, and you get her pregnant, and somehow I think if he hasn't been working since 2019, he's probably not much financial support to either one of those women and their children, because where would the money be coming from? robbing a Tortuga store, $1,800, not gonna last you very long when you gotta be buying diapers and all kind of stuff, right? Allegedly, right? So I'm sitting here thinking, where's CBC? Do they pay attention to what's actually happening in courts? Because even if this guy gets off and he is innocent, let me be very, very clear, he is innocent until proven otherwise. So if he is not convicted and he gets off, there are other questions that need to be answered. So why on earth are we allowing, and this now is these Caymanian girls that I'm talking to, because y'all ain't woman if you're allowing some man to come here jump on your little bones and use you. Mm -hmm. Now this is when CC, I was looking at your red flag last night, actually in my office. And this is when we need a million red flags. I agree with Clinton. Maybe there needs to be a specific board or enforcement arm set up to really go about sussing out and finding these marriages of convenience. Because it is crystal clear that our own people, both young men and young women who allow this to happen, don't have no sense. So we can't rely on the good common sense of the citizens of this country to do the right thing, both for themselves and otherwise. Because what I understand the scam is, and there have been some allegations that I have some family members who are involved in it too. And believe me when I tell you, 
they all should be in jail. I don't care who they are. I don't care which family. So the alleged scam is that the Jamaican men will come here. You know, a lot of them might come with a little skill set. They can paint. They can work construction. So this guy claims he used to work construction. You can make good money construction. Listen, thousands of dollars a week. And so every week they're going to give you a little $500 out of their paycheck. And you sit down and you relax. You might get your little nuts cracked, a.k.a. sex, every once in a while. For some girls, maybe that's a big thing. There's no real commitment, so they can go out there and engage in other relationships with other people. And everybody's happy. Mm, really. The problem with this arrangement is normally these individuals who will engage in this sort of thing, let's be honest, are not the caliber of people that you want in your country. Meh. They're not going to be qualified individuals who are going to be upstanding citizens who don't believe in breaking the law. Because guess what? If you are going to break one law, such as an immigration law, the chances of you breaking other laws is probably very high. So Barbara says, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he doesn't remember the wife's name. Barbara, come again. How can you be married to somebody and not even know their name? What kind of marriage is that? Now, that would be a, a real marriage of convenience if you don't even know who the hell you're married to. But at the very minimum, even if you just give him a nickname, give him something, but that's not what he said to the police. He said he don't want to bring her up. He don't even want to talk about her. And the police like, okay. But he could talk about the baby mama. This is a marriage of convenience, folks. Now let us talk about marriages of convenience, generally speaking. And then I want to come back and talk about when you get married to someone in the Cayman Islands who is a foreigner, what your legal obligations are. And this is where enforcement needs to tighten it up. They need to start going after these people. So yeah, they get like $500 a month. They can sit down at home and don't work because you know a lot of us lazy. Not us. Some of you women and men are lazy and you're looking for someone to support you. Whether it's NAU or somebody else running a scam. Now, I'm aware that the two people in this trial that we're talking about this Tortuga trial. So this young man is Jamaican. Eve, his co-accused, who's being accused of being the getaway driver, is also Jamaican. And she, is, she has found herself a husband, shockingly enough, who apparently approves of her very interesting lifestyle. But you know what they say? There's somebody for everybody. She has two children by him. And again, some people have no qualms having a child by whomever. That seals the deal, you see? Let me come back to that in a second. So here you know. What exactly is a marriage of convenience? So last night I was thinking about this. And I said to myself, huh, what's a marriage of convenience anyway? So the general definition, according to Wikipedia, is a marriage of convenience is a marriage contracted for reasons other than that of love and commitment. Hmm. Instead, such a marriage is entered into for personal gain 
hiding one's homosexuality, for example, <coughs> sorry, or some sort of other strategic purpose, such as a political marriage. But I thought about that and I'm like, huh, there might be a lot more marriages of convenience than I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who don't marry for love. <clears throat> so they're married because they're trying to hide all sorts of stuff. Um, sham marriages, arranged marriages. Now, an arranged marriage isn't quite a marriage of convenience, although perhaps those of us who live in this side of the world might see it as an extension of that. But that's more of a cultural thing where, <coughs> sorry, your family arranges a marriage on your behalf. So the idea is that you're entering into a fraudulent marriage. And normally the requirements are that you're not doing it just for love. It's some sort of an arrangement, almost like a business transaction. Meant to exploit something. Now, what we have here in the Cayman Islands is people are doing it in order to exploit the immigration system. Mm -hmm. And in order to be able to stay here. So, for example, in the U.S., it's a big thing to try to get a green card. And, of course, if you are married to an American citizen, just like in the Cayman Islands, if you're married to a Caymanian, you do get certain privileges that other people do not get. The privilege of abode, the ability to be able to stay here without too many questions being asked, and the ability to work without even needing a work permit. So you can freely move around from one employer to the next. These are legit benefits. And this is what people are looking for when they are uh, interested in a marriage of convenience. Now, I don't think we have too many political marriages here, people marrying for political reasons. I don't think that's going on. Um, so that's what's popping off. Now, as a country, our people are so stupid that we enter into marriages of convenience for little or nothing. And I see Mr. Famous, he's listening to this conversation. He's like, ooh, this is tea worthy. Is that uh, um, Thomas? Good morning. Good morning. To is that some hot tea you got there? Oh, it's hot. <laughs> um, good morning, Cayman Islands, Grand Cayman, Little Cayman, and Cayman Brack. Good morning, CMR, which is an island unto itself. Good morning. It looks like you're in a hotel room. Are you traveling? Yes, I actually um, am in New England. I came to my daughter's in school in New England, so I came to spend a few days with her. Okay, and nice. Friends. You see how quickly I pick up on stuff, Thomas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was wondering if you was actually in this hotel. Some might say, oh, that Sandy might have been in that hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I see, the, I see the hotel curtains that are traditional of a hotel. Oh, um, I know. You. Listen, you got to have a keen eye for these types of things. I think in a former life, I might have been a detective or at least an actor on CSI. I, I think you will look. I think in your present life, you're actually way more than a detective. <laughs> Thomas, sit back and relax. We're going to talk about marriages of convenience. And then I want to hear from your perspective um, in Bermuda, if you guys have this type of situation. But I'm breaking it down for our listeners this morning, a little extra dose of the cold hard truth. As you said, the tea is extra hot. So 
Um, we sell the right and the privilege to live and remain here in the Cayman Islands for little or nothing, right? What normally happens is, um, I guess, these men or women approach our people and maybe maybe they fool them into thinking at first that this is going to be a legit relationship. But then it turns out to just be one of convenience, right? And so they're going to give you some money. Yes, they're going to have a child with you because, listen, the child... Uh, Sue, thank you for tuning in. Cece says, Lord, she don't know how much of this she can take this morning. The child is the golden goose. That's the golden ticket. Because when you have a child with a Caymanian, even if you divorce, you separate, whatever, all of a sudden now, there is this um, connection that is pretty permanent to the Cayman Islands because, oh, you have a Caymanian child. Do you know that this whole concept of marriages of convenience is one of the reasons why here in the Cayman Islands, our immigration laws have changed over the years? There was a time when this was so prevalent. And again, everybody want to say I'm bashing Jamaicans. I'm not bashing Jamaicans. I'm just going to tell you the facts. Our Jamaican brothers and sisters and cousins over there were coming to the Cayman Islands with the sole purpose of entering into a marriage of convenience, whether the woman or man knew it or not, oftentimes they had families back home in Jamaica that they were supporting, still married a lot of times. And the new wife or the new partner here had no idea about this whole other life. And I mean, it's only a 45-minute plane ride away. So you could go once a month, spend time with the family there, come back here, and you think everybody's going to be happy. So this was happening so often and so much that immigration was like, oh, we got a problem. We need to change the way in which even someone who was born in the Cayman Islands is able to get their right of Caymanian citizenship. Mm, how do you become a Caymanian? Go look at the laws and how they have changed over the years. 1973 the law was changed where just because you're born here, that's not enough. Imagine historically why that was necessary. So people enter into these marriages of convenience because again, normally there's some sort of financial benefit to the Caymanian partner. Some of them might just be lonely because you know some of y'all don't believe you can find a man that is up, up a notch. So you just settle for whatever. You just find a man just because. Meanwhile, he's out there doing the most, he or she, because women do it too. And um, they're living their best lives and accumulating time here in the Cayman Islands. And the longer they stay and the longer they remain, the bigger of a problem immigration and border control is going to have getting rid of them. So here's this man in court yesterday talking about how he has a Caymanian wife and a girlfriend. Now, he didn't really specify if the girlfriend was Caymanian or not. But he's not staying with the wife. Uh-huh. Do you know that when you marry a foreigner in the Cayman Islands and you apply for their RERC, which allows them to remain here without the need for a work permit, that's your right to work certificate. When you fill that out, you actually take a legal declaration, a legal oath that should anything happen 
with the marriage. In other words, if you're no longer even living together, not that you formally divorced, but if you are no longer living together, you have a legal obligation as the Caymanian to inform immigration. I am shocked the number of people who signed that document who apply for their spouses to get RERC and they have no clue about that. Because I say to people all the time, oh, you're separated? Well, if you're separated, why is that person still here? Have you not told immigration that you're no longer married? Or even if you're not formally divorced, that you're separated? No, I haven't told immigration. Do you know that that's, again, that's an actual offense? You're supposed to tell them. So the fact that people don't even know that and they don't do it, more importantly, is very, very concerning. So um, enforcement, Elvis, and all of you in the enforcement arm, are you paying attention this morning? This man has admitted in a police interview to being married to a Caymanian that he is not in a relationship with. He does not live with her. Okay, conviction or no conviction on the current charges, y'all need to deal with that situation. Um, Mr. Famous, what are you, what's going through your mind right now? What are you thinking about all these shenanigans? Um, well, one, one of the things where I would, I would use the tie-in of commonality between our islands mm -hmm. is that the, for, for battle for worse, the overseas territory, there's being Bermuda, BVI, Cayman Islands, Anguilla, Texan Caicos, and to some extent Montserrat. We have a, um, I don't want to say better standard of living, but our our economies are a little bit better. So what happens is that persons from other islands, and I use other islands plural because I don't want to single it out to just one island, find that working in our islands is uh, a step up. Um, so we have the similar problems that you have persons come to Bermuda, um, they might come on a trip and they might legit fall in love with somebody or like somebody. And the next thing you know, there's application for marriage and so on and so forth. So about 10, 15 years ago, we had a challenge that we had many um, situations where people were after a year and a half filing di for divorce, uh, mostly Bermudian women, and um, claiming that, oh, well, he only married me so he can stay in, in, in the island. And the immigration had to take up a policy of when you are marrying someone who is a non-Bermudian from whichever country, you have to actually show that there's, there's a, been a, a relationship you can't just pop up and say, well, I married this person um, last month in such and such place, and now I want them to come here. They have to show that there's been a long, when I say long-standing relationship, meaning a year, two years, so on and so forth, some family interactions and such like that. So there were, there were those who were, um, I would say, upset with that because they considered that an invasion of privacy. But... Um, they complied, right? And it started to root out those marriages of convenience that had no, there was no actual love involved, but this was just strictly um, a marriage based on lust, in, in, initially on lust, but then the 
the person marrying the Bermudian, their only interest was to work in Bermuda and um, be able to send money back home, wherever home is. And then, and it could be, it could have been Philippines, it could have been um, to Trinidad, Guyana, all all these different places. And and this is common in any country that the economy is doing very well or relatively well. So um, yeah, I un- I I understand what you're saying that we've had that we still have that, but not not as rampant as it was before. And um, to the point, if a, a non-Bermudian marries a Bermudian and they get divorced, the non-Bermudian can say, okay, well, as a divorcee of, of, of a Bermudian, I want to apply to stay here because of X, Y, Z. Or if there's a child involved, they're, they're allowed now to stay until that child becomes 18 years old. So it's, it's a lot similar to what I'm understanding happening in Cayman Islands. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Thomas, for that insight. And it sounds like historically, it's been, been probably very, very similar, as you say, where people are looking to take advantage of the situation. Now, um, uh, Ebanks has an interesting perspective. He says, love can't pay the bills. And that marriage is a business arrangement. (laughs) I mean, in some respects, I think it's a fair point in the sense that you can't take love to CUC and tell them, um, you know, well, I'm here to love my bill away. (laughs) They're going to be like, "Uh, no, we only take cold, hard cash. So I do understand that point. But that isn't or shouldn't be the sole reason for entering into a relationship. So of course you might look at someone and think, right, what does this person bring to the table in terms of viability? Okay. Are they a hardworking individual? Will they be able to contribute to the household? I mean, these are practical things. And I think practical practicalities of relationships and marriages, I think are very, very important. So love alone doesn't make a successful marriage. And I think that to Al's point, I've shared this story before, but, you know, my first love was um, a young man when we were in university from Sri Lanka. And he actually said to me, and I came to understand as I uh, matured, he said to me that you can learn to love someone. The compatibility factor is very, very important. So having common interests, having common goals, maybe even a common religious um, perspective in life. You know, those things are important. And through your commonality, you can develop and learn to love and respect uh, another person. So I think in the Western world, we have a concept of, oh, love at first sight. Like I see you and I have to be in love with you right away. And there's this, you know, love that has to be there. And other parts of the world, They believe that people can get together um, who are not initially, quote unquote, in love. And as they get to know each other, that love can grow and that relationship can last a lifetime. That's why they believe in arranged marriages, right? I think that that is a different situation, however, um, to Al's point, than entering into a marriage for the sole purpose of convenience. And that's where uh, I think the two, you know, depart in terms of whether it is a marriage of convenience or not. 
So I'm reading some of your comments. CE Bank says, I know a few Caymanians who have um, done marriages of convenience. They do it and get money. Women and men, Caymanians doing it. I came from Cuba and I married a Caymanian. So CE Banks, I actually don't know if you're a man or woman based on that name, but I will say this, that it goes both directions. So oftentimes we refer to women being um, the ones who are allowing these marriages of convenience, but men enter into it as well. Although I think men enter into it for a slightly different reason. So um, normally, sorry, Thomas. Yeah, what, what, let me let me interject there as a male or or islander. One of the one of the other um, peculiar things about our our islands is that because our populations are li are small, generally small, and if you if you filter out the the non-Caymanian or non-Bermudian, our populations are basically maybe 30 to 40 percent, uh, sorry, 30 to 40,000 um, natives, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what happens, the challenge for, for any single person is in a small community like that is that your actual pool of persons you can date, um, marry, is very small because half the population is going to be your cousins, right? Right. And, and, not, and not just cousins that you happen to know find out by DNA tests later on. These are people who are known to be your cousins. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times what happens is that, and I'm speaking for Bermuda and um, BVI as well, is that people have to marry someone from another island just to avoid <laughs> avoid incest and um, the small gene pool. And often, so, so, so when you talk about marriage of convenience, the word convenience could actually be uh, broadened beyond just the money thing. It's convenient mm -hmm. not to marry somebody who's related to, that you're biologically yeah. related to. And what I find in Bermuda is that quite a number of men are marry uh, women from um, Dominican Republic, for example. Mm -hmm. And um, for the men, they generally are doing it because they are in love with this this lady, right? I want to talk. I want to talk about that, Thomas, because I want to talk about what we define as love. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we have a similar situation here. It's so amazing how our countries are so um, similar, but we have a lot of Caymanian men um, who appreciate a certain look um, or a certain nationality, and oftentimes it has nothing to do with love, in my opinion. And I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put this to you and see as a male, um, kind of what you think about this. And if you have seen this in your own country, what I find happening is the Spanish women come with certain assets, certain ASS assets and other parts that are intriguing to Caribbean men who look like they have been shuttered and boarded up forever. So they like a certain curvaceous look, for example, that I guess their native Caribbean women are no longer um, have, I don't really know. They like a straight hair. Um, they like uh, somebody who can say, oh, papi, you know, como estas? And speak a little something, something that sounds like golden droplets coming out of their mouths. And so they're attracted to that. It's not that it's love. It's just an attraction, That's mostly love. to the outside package. And for the other party, these women are looking for a step up in life. And I suppose 
one can argue that maybe there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know, because everybody's trying to do better, find better, whatever. But they're looking for a way out of their situation back home, which normally is abject poverty, coming from homes with lots of children, no real prospects of a profession. So when they come to the Bahamas, Bermuda, Cayman, wherever, they're looking for someone um, that can make their life better, someone that can provide them with a home. And you know, I think culturally, and I don't wanna insult anyone in their culture, but there are certain cultures where as a woman, you are raised to do this. This is what you're told to do. You find a man who's going to take care of you. Yes, you may have to hold on a little minimum wage job because that's all you're qualified to do. And that's fine. You make a small contribution to the household. But by and large, you are, are your goal in life is to find a man to uplift yourself, to give your children better opportunities. Does that sound familiar? Um, to me, well, I can't answer for a woman, but um, right. But do you, think, do you think that's happening from the perspective of men who are entering into these relationships? Do they not see that maybe the women are just looking for an opportunity, and well, they think, might prevent I, that opportunity? Well, I think, man, and uh, let, let me let me declare my my wife is my wife is Jamaican, and I've mm -hmm. I've known my wife twenty seven years, twenty seven mm -hmm. years, and um we are we are married because we love each other right, right. well sometimes i annoy the hell out of her but <laughs> i think she still loves me um and you have you have these situations where as a man let me just speak let me just lay because as a man part of your job or part of your male intuition is to help a woman mm -hmm. raise her standard right mm -hmm. she may she may she could be a university graduate but yet right. part of your job as the husband is to help her establish herself and um, be to somewhat financially independent where she's no longer dependent on a man for anything. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's just part of your role as a husband and as a right. father one day, right? Yes, agreed. The, cha the challenge in this particular case is that you have men, or medium men, who I, I could speak freely about, to go to these trips on to these places. And as you say, they they are attracted to certain attributes, right? Mm -hmm. And many of these women are in challenging situations. And for the men, they they themselves truly fall in love or in lust, right? And they know that by marrying this young lady or providing for that she and her family's level is gonna step up. So I think some to some extent that it's 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 mutual agreement, even even if it isn't stated in writing or stated in words, it's mutually agreed that I'm going to help you and your family, and you are going to be a good wife to me, whatever mm -hmm. good wife may be, mm -hmm. and you know so on and so forth. But and the, and a lot of times, I would say eighty percent of those times in Bermuda, at least, those marriages actually last a long time. They they last longer than Bermudians marrying to each other. Mm -hmm. But um, the challenge is, is it's a very broad conversation when we say marriage of convenience. I think I think in the purest sense, it means someone's just getting married, just mm -hmm. someone's paying someone to get married. That that could be one interpretation. But I think all marriages are, are trade-offs, right? No one's getting married to be worse off. 
right. or, or thinking to be worse off. So whether it's, whether it's sexual attraction, financial attraction, mm-hmm. um, religious attraction, whatever it may be, everybody's getting into something because they mm-hmm. want to get something out of it. Um, and mm-hmm. and but in particular, in the case of Cayman Islands and BVI or the, the OTs, they're, because our, our economy is so strong compared right. to other islands, yes. people will see us as like, okay, I want to get get me one of them. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? You become more attractive uh, like, because I'm, of the like, lifestyle that perhaps the person can have here. But I think there's certain tenets of it that should make people pause. So we have... Um, Twenna Fuss says that my father did it to my mother. My wife did it to me. Her Jamaican husband did it to another Cayman. And that's just life. You can't stop it. But I'm not so sure because I think that individuals on a personal level need to have some degree of accountability and put a stop to it. If you know that, um, I agree with Thomas that, you know, yeah, you enter every relationship. There's going to be benefits that people bring to the table. But if someone is just after you for what you bring to the table in terms of your assets, and they don't even perhaps like you, much less love you, um, then you're going to have a problem. And that is the very definition, in my opinion, of what a marriage of convenience is. Now, I did see someone mentioned earlier, um, I think it was Miss Grace Ann, that she just got married last year in November, and the marriage has already broken down because she's not taking any foolishness. And I make sure to tell my Caymanian kids, don't ever marry Jamaican. Come, don't ever carry Jamaican. Come in my home or talk to any of them because, as I said, I'm a Jamaican, but they're very ungrateful and users. I can relate to that. Wow. So Jamaican I, herself. I think that's a generalization. Yeah. I mean, generalizations are definitely very, very dangerous. I think it's a question again. I go back to you know, even when I talk about people from Honduras or Nicaragua, whatever. I'm not the Philippines. I'm not saying that all people from those countries are like that. What I'm saying is any country in the world where you might have, and this is where I think Thomas makes an excellent point, it's about the economy and the strength of that country. Um, And sometimes it's not even economical, but I would say 90% of times it probably is. People want to improve their life, improve their economic position and situation. And so they're looking for someone to lift them up and to do that for them or to help them to be able to do that. Now, the difficulty really is that from an immigration perspective, there's the enforcement arm that should be paying attention to these things. For example, when someone gets married in a bona fide relationship, you normally have to live with that person day in and day out. And as Mr. Um, Thomas has said, Sometimes that means that you're getting on the person's nerves. They're going to learn to tolerate you. They get to know you, whatever. When you see relationships, marriages, where people don't even live together, hmm, what? Are they living with two women? One is the pretend wife living in a room, and the other one is like the real girlfriend living with them. It's like immigration needs to suss these things out. So it would be wonderful if our people had the common sense and the wherewithal to know that entering into that type of arrangement, a marriage of convenience doesn't in the end really benefit you. And it also hurts your country because normally the people who have to do that are not going to be the caliber of individuals that you want in your country in any event. 
We see so many people getting picked up for overstaying. Again, going back to this case that I'm watching, um, the detective talked about how someone, when they went and did the search, I think it was by the getaway driver's house, or it might've been the guy who's alleged to have been one of the robbers, that there was someone who ran. And when they finally caught him and they said, well, why are you running? He said that he had overstayed, right? So you have people who are coming here, the Marion Caymanians, they don't maintain a job. Some are cr straight up criminals. They're not working. And they think just because I'm married to Caymanian, this will give me the mm -hmm. right to be able to remain here no matter what. And it is very, very unfortunate because we know that now it has, you know, become such a um, common thing for those individuals to come here and feel like they can break all sorts of laws. Um, Clinton had just pointed out that Atto Stevens, he was from, um, I forget what island, but he came here as a coach. You know, again, the kind of money that he can get here as a coach, he's not going to get back in wherever he's from. I can't remember where he's from now. Um, the lifestyle that they're going to get here, you know, um, the ability to easily find a job. You might have millions of people in Jamaica or Kingston, whatever that you're competing with. You come to Cayman, who are you competing with? The Caymanians are already at a disadvantage. You're going to get a job. So it's so much easier to even come here and survive and to thrive and to do better. Um, that I think that those are all factors that people take into consideration. So we see a lot of criminal minded people who are coming here, getting married, and then they're engaging in criminal activity. They're not working. They're scamming the work permit system. So another thing that came out in court, and this is so incredibly interesting. Again, I'm sitting there going, where's CBC? Where's works? Eve's friend gets on the stand. Um, what was her first name? Uh, something McGaw. Um, it escapes me now. But anyway, she gets on the stand and talks about how Eve was messaging and texting her because the police have all these messages now. So the evidence is there, CBC and works. Eve is texting her and saying, um, oh, can you check out a work permit for this guy? Remember the thieves a couple weekends ago? that went to Kimana Bay and stole from the Polo store. One of them, Megan, her sister has her work permit and her sister's here married to Caymanian. So the benefit, Mr. Thomas, doesn't extend to just that individual that you're marrying, but it extends beyond that, their family and friend circle. Because now mommy come in, trailing behind the sun, and she wants to be able to remain in the Cayman Islands. So you know, you're married to him. It's your obligation to take out a work permit for her, whether you legit have any work for her or not. Uh, the trickle down um, effect on this is crazy. One, I'm got, I'm got to go pick up my daughter, but let me, let yeah. me say this before I leave. Um, part of the challenge in um, Cayman Islands, as as I understand it, and I'm, I stand to be corrected, mm -hmm. is that up until um, April the fourteenth. There was the or there was a dry um, stated and unstated for um, growth population growth in Cayman Islands, right? Part of that it, it, it was not going to come from Caymanians having babies. It's going to come from Caymanians uh, bringing in people on work permit, K 
Caymanians, Marian, other persons from other places. That that is the primary um, numbers of your of your population group. So when you say where is um, the government agencies mm-hmm. to monitor these things, I think you know I I could be wrong. There may have been a um, a tacit understanding that. Even if a marriage is is uh, of convenience, it does mm-hmm. it 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 has economic benefits to the country because for mm-hmm. every person living in Cayman, there's a person consuming stuff from Foster's. There's a person using CUCs mm-hmm. electricity. There's a person buying gas. There's a person so on and so forth. Every person, whether tourist or or not, um, contributes mm-hmm. to your economy. So the, the question now is with the new PAC administration, which allegedly CMR is responsible for putting in place, <laughs> uh-huh. is that, okay, Are you uh, is this government now going to have a, a final look at, um, at putting in uh, things to catch these sort of things? I, how I first met um, Kenneth Bryant, and well, now mm-hmm. Minister Bryant, was I read an article uh, that I read an article in which he was quoted as saying that the immigration system here is just is is almost like a um, what's the term you use an assembly line to churn out people just to add to our economy versus people who actually care about our our culture. But that's not the exact words. Mm-hmm. But I read I read that out at a conference, mm-hmm. and to Dan Premier, who was bragging about. Um, the, the immigration growth in Cayman Islands and mm-hmm. and um MP uh, then MP Brian came running over to me saying hey I never said that and I, I said oh, oh really who's this who's this quoted in this potter there right. so my, my my point is it that it it isn't just for Caymanians to be vigilant it's for the government mm-hmm. to be vigilant mm-hmm. and um, the question then becomes okay how far do people want an invasion of privacy when you're saying that I am marrying someone from um, Philippines, or I'm marrying someone from America, or I'm marrying someone from England, do mm-hmm. do you do you, do Caymanians want the government to say we need proof that this is an actual relationship versus mm-hmm. a marriage of convenience? And right. that that is really the only way you're going to filter it out. You have to stamp it out from the get go. Yes, and and um. I shouldn't say the only way, but that's one of the primary ways because by the time someone's married and six months later, a year later, the shenanigans start, um, mm. it's too late, right? right? That person's already there. That person's already potentially took a job from a Caymanian, um, so on and so forth. So what, what I would leave is that is that the word convenience is multifaceted, but yes. for those that are married, marrying, strictly for a little small bit of money or cut of somebody's paycheck every every week i don't know maybe you want to reconsider that because um you know that 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 has a long-term emotional effect on people and Mm -hmm. you find what i find with a lot of uh women that find themselves in this situation is that by the time they're on the third marriage (laughs) you know Second or third marriage to someone who is not Bermudian, mm-hmm. and then and people in a small country, you know, you know if someone's really married or they're really in love or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, you know when the husband or wife is cheating. That's that's just our culture. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right. So what what happens in the long term is the individuals who have been married multiple times to someone who was just using them just to um, be able to stay in Bermuda. Ain't nobody in Bermuda. No, let me let me be raw. Ain't no man in Bermuda want you after that. Right. So um, that that may sound harsh, but these are the long term emotional effects. So if you're doing something for short term financial gain or what mm-hmm. you think is financial gain, it's really not worth it in the long run. So that would mm-hmm. that would be my closing argument. And again, thank you for thank you for having me. I love you all. Came yeah, Nolly, appreciate it. Cayman Brack and Grand Cayman. Thank you have so great, much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. So folks, again, um, that's MP Thomas uh, famous there from Bermuda. And uh, we have a whole collection of Caribbean people. He's often able to just jump in. Like he said, he's traveling at the moment, but he was able to join the conversation a little bit. So it is incredibly interesting to me. um, As Mr. Thomas said, all the different reasons why we enter into these arrangements with people. And um, it's really quite unfortunate that people don't see the damage I think that is being done. So Mary says, I've known about an individual here planning a marriage that used to visit her fiance in his country, as well as his family, including his mother, along with, along with his family was his girlfriend who was introduced as his cousin. That went on for years and the mother played a very deceiving role. Eventually, the lady found out and was so heartbroken that months later, she married someone else from the same country. Yes, they are now divorced and he's with another Caymanian. Wow. But you see, this reminds me of, I know some of y'all love this 90 Day Fiance show. People all over the world are running a scam. But you know what? In America... At least you're going to get an interview. They're going to be asking you questions. Um, and they want you to know things like, oh, what's her, when's her menstrual cycle? Like legit, that's one of the questions they may ask you. And if you don't know, mm, you've not been living with the woman, how would you not know? When was the last time you had sex? And they separate you. They're going to take the wife into one room, the husband into another room, and they're going to ask you questions to see if your stories match up. So at least you better know a lot about the woman. You might not really be in love, but you better know enough about her to answer some questions from immigration in America. So Sylvia says, I disagree with marriages of convenience. However, you have Caymanians that are marrying people on rollover date. Today, a man, today, a man who leave his family behind, get a Caymanian pregnant, and guess what? He call it uh, his ticket to permanent residency. Caymanians allow this. Next thing, the man shows up, shows them no care before marriage and still behave desperate. It does pain to see Cayman women allow themselves to be used mentally and physically. Patience is a virtue. It is hard, but wait. Well, yes. I mean, obviously, at some point, the men and women have to recognize that they are being used. Um, You know, like I said, uh, Al says... As Tina Turner says, what does love have to do with it? Um, But yes, I mean, it is interesting. And I think one of the tenets or one of the ways that you can tell that this is a marriage of convenience is, as Mr. Freeman said, when they can't even be loyal to you. So they're out there, you're the husband, but they got a couple boyfriends on the side. They probably don't really love you if they're out there cheating on you. 
and you know demanding other men buy them breast implants and other things that I've heard circulating. Uh, some of these girls, um, you know, have politicians as their side pieces and boyfriends, and then they're married to Caymanian men. It's just crazy. It is just absolutely crazy. I have seen and heard it all. It runs the gamut. <laughs> Cece, leave Spanish women alone. Yes, papi. Um, and like I said, people are attracted to different people for different reasons. We, God, you can't explain attraction. Okay, so I don't always, I, when I look at people sometimes I think, let me not harshly judge this situation because I'm looking at her thinking, what does this man find attractive about her? And then I'm like, you know what? Something going on between the sheets and that bedroom that is none of my business and that clearly I cannot appreciate. He might have never had his socks knocked off like that before. And so... As Vanessa says, que rico, you know, he's enjoying it so much. He's like, hell yeah, I want to marry this because all the days of my life, this is what it's going to be like. Little does he know, but you get what I'm saying? So on the one hand, um, no, Atlas, I, I'm not picking on Spanish men or women or whatever. I'm not picking on Jamaicans. I'm saying this is something that runs through all cultures, all countries, all societies. And in fact, if I had not been a smarter person, I could have been a victim of a marriage of convenience myself. Because one time I was dating this Colombian guy. Now, the thing that I said is I think when this is where you got to be careful. You know what the Bible talks about being with someone of equal yoke? How do I say this without insulting some people? Don't marry beneath yourself. But then if, if you say that to everyone, not everyone is going to be able to marry up. You know, it's kind of like, and not really marry up, but someone on, on your, you have to know your worth. Can I put it that way and have it make sense? So when you kind of marry someone who isn't, you know, there um, on many different levels, education, financially, uh, common sense. This dude was not my equal yoke, none at all. Some of the, the discussions as the relationship progressed, I would legit be sitting there going, why am I dating this guy? This says more about me than it does about him. Because I must be stupid. Because this dude ain't got no common sense. And I'm trying to entertain a logical conversation with him. And, you know, it would get to the point where he was, like, trying to pick an argument with me. And I'd be like, hmm, hmm. Well, that's interesting, Jose. And then he'd be like, well, aren't you going to argue with me? And I'm like, no. Why? Because in my head, I'm going, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my breath. And I better try and find myself a new boyfriend. Because this one nut fool just ain't cutting it. So I was like, hmm. And, you know, again, culturally, he comes from an environment where, oh, somebody doesn't love you if you're not fussing and fighting and beating each other up and this kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, no, I wasn't raised like that. I don't know anything about that life. That's not what I'm about. 
So people know your values, number one, know your self-worth. This reminds me, one of the best books, I don't know if I have it here. I gotta, listen, we soon started a book club because one of the best books that I've ever read, what was the name of it again? Is, um, mm, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. But basically it's all about, um, I should have this one in my permanent library relationship section. I gotta look over in that other section. It's all about, um, knowing what you want out of a relationship. And this book actually says to make your list, to write it down. What is it that you're looking for? What type of person? Because the difficulty that you are run into, if you don't know what you're looking for, you will take anything in a moment. So you know how it is. Let's, we're all adults here. Let's be, let's be very, very frank. This is the cold hard truth, right? So you haven't been in a relationship in a while and here, here comes Jose. And he's kind of nice, looks easy on the eyes, you think. Next thing you know, you're six months in. And then you're thinking to yourself, what am I doing here? We have nothing in common. And so the idea is if you got your list and you know what you want, one of the things you're able to do from the onset, when people start approaching you, you pull out the list, honey. I gotta remember the name of this book. It's an excellent relationship book. And you look at it and you go, oh no, 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 sorry. You don't even make the top 10 items on my list. I better not waste my time with you because this is gonna be a failed relationship. Heaven forbid you go down the marriage road, a fair, failed marriage, et cetera, et cetera. I agree with Al that there has to be a logical element to relationships. It's not all about, oh, I just love this person right? It has to be more than that. And trust me, there are men and women who will go the distance. They will marry you. They will have children with you. They will do all of this. And it has nothing to do with them being committed to you as an individual, them loving you. None of that. It's just a step up. And you need to run in the opposite direction once you recognize what is actually happening. And a lot of it comes down to finances, I'm telling you. They look at you and poor little Jose didn't know that little Sandy understood a lot more Spanish than he realized. So when he is talking to mommy in the Netherlands who done the exact same thing, she stepped up with some little foo foo man over there. And the first question out of, listen, if you're with a guy and the first question out of his family's mouth or his mother's mouth or whatever, is, oh, what can she buy for you? And you hear this in any language in the world, whether it's Spanish, Jamaican Patois, mina business. You better put an ax to it right away because you know these people are just users. It wasn't, oh, is she a nice person? Tell me about her personality. Do you like her? I know it's the early stages of the relationship, so love might not be a factor yet. But what is it about her that you find attractive? Tell, tell mommy the details. But when mom is like, as Mary and others have said, sometimes these mothers are in on it. The whole family's in on it because they're looking for somebody to use. Reminds me of another, another young man, right? He ended up marrying a Caymanian girl. Sad situation, but we're not even going to get into it because her East End family's like left two children behind. Unfortunately, she's no longer around. And um, he was always looking for someone to step up. But you know what, what was a red flag for me? When the sister in Jamaica, all the way out in the country would like message me 
and be like, um, oh, you know, I want to come to Cayman. Can you take out a work permit for you? I'm like, um, I just met your brother two days ago, girl. I don't know you. And quite frankly, I don't even know your brother. The answer to that is going to be an unequivocal no. That's when you know people looking to use you. That's when you know this is going to be a marriage of convenience. Not just for him, but the entire family. Here comes the whole truckload of them. Some of these old men, they're getting married to women way younger than them and taking care of the whole family. The irony of it is they had a little Caymanian family before that that they wouldn't even take care of. It's like, y'all need to do better. Really and truly. And it leads to all sorts of unwanted social ills. Here's another example. Caymanian girl. Now listen, everybody has a preference. So I'm not going to speak on the fact that some of us like Jamaican men. Some of us like Indian men. Some of us like Spanish women. Some of us like blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever, right? But what I think is interesting is um, in this case now that I'm thinking about, this individual really has an attraction to not just Jamaican men, but no good Jamaican men who don't offer her nothing. So she's been married a couple of times. She's now in court for some fraud against government, stealing money all of this to try and keep this Jamaican happy and put him in a lifestyle that she can't afford. So then the pressure's on for you to be breaking the law to keep somebody happy. Someone who is bringing nothing to the table for you. That's what I'm telling you. At least find someone of equal yoke. Okay. Now, of course, like I said, having that Caymanian child, that connection is the golden egg. That's the golden goose. So she gets pregnant by him. Mm -hmm. While she's in the hospital having this baby for this Jamaican man, what is he doing? Trying to molest her eight-year-old child. And do you know that this no good of a mother, actually the child ran and told a family member what he was trying to do. And this no good of a mother, instead of her coming out and beating that man from Georgetown all the way to Kingston. She got to tell the child, but don't talk to nobody. Don't tell nobody that this happened. Wow. What? You see the slackness? But in my head, I'm thinking, I guess it makes logical sense that if you're willing to enter into an arrangement with a man of this caliber, you'd be willing to let him have a go at your little eight-year-old daughter too and continue to turn a blind eye because you are so desperate for a man. And I hate to say that men and women are a dime a dozen, but it seems like we can easily import them without a problem. As Mr. Famous said, there's a lot of attractions apparently to coming to the Cayman Islands. So maybe finding a significant other isn't all that difficult. It's a question of what it is that you're finding. Alric, good morning. He's weighing in on the conversation. He says, when contribution to the Cayman Islands is mentioned, please remember that the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority publishes statistics. $200 million per year is transferred out of Cayman every year by Western Union, et cetera. Hmm. I wonder how many of those are marriages of convenience. Um, oh my gosh, so many comments. I'm trying to keep up. 
yes, the 2003 to 3000 status grants. That was beginning of the end. I'm just Sarah. I love my status to give away. No sauce, says Vanessa. Vanessa, not going to get it. Give it away too easily. Um, so Icon says that some people work and they no longer want to work once they um, get married. Um, but sit at corners smoking weed. And these women need to wise up and stop flooding the little island with these monkeys. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, icon. Icon. Behave. Um... CC said, that's why I don't do in-laws. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, nope, in-laws are off limits. Don't be calling me for no money. Don't be begging to come K-Man. I'm not taking out a work permit for you. Don't even ask. Mm -mm. Louis confirms that in the U.S., you have to do a video interview and personal questions. There's no limit to what they can ask you. For example, they'll ask you if the man is circumcised. Well, you, you might be like, um, what, what is Khloe Kardashian's boyfriend again? What's his name? He's cheating all over the place. Um, uh, Thompson, what the heck is his name? Whatever, the cheater. That's all we need to know. Um, the other day, one young lady who claims that she's had a relationship with him most recently, um, she's, she mentioned in this video interview that he's actually not circumcised. And normally you wouldn't know that kind of thing about a person unless you've had intimate relations. So Kelly says what you're seeing is a lot of Filipinos marrying old men um, who they're supposed to be their caretakers. Um, that is very, very interesting because there is a specific case that came to mind. And listen, a lot of older men find it attractive to have a young girl or younger woman who is simply going to take care of them. And it's not even necessarily about a sexual relationship because at that age, a lot of them, like even with Viagra, they're not a harm to you. But they just want someone who's going to take care of them. And they think, well, this person, they might take care of me because of the lifestyle and whatever, but they're going to come cheaper than me actually trying to find or hire two, three nurses to take care of me. And they're going to live in the household. And yeah, when I die, then they're going to get everything and bypass my children. Well, I guess if the man knows the real score. Uh, Hillary... Uh, Colombiana right here, San Andreas. Buenos dias, mi amiga. Um, <laughs> Julie says, how do you know so good? Listen, I have seen it all just about. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm. Yes, um, Sue mentions the deportation. Uh, now, Sue, why are you up on CMR sticking in a loop? link when we covered that whole story. Not only did we cover the story, the only reason why cabinet finally deported his behind, this is Atto Stevens, the child molester coach. The only reason why he was deported is because we made a big stink about it in the media. We're like, why is this guy still here? Why is he allowed to stay? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, come on, he's molested and over 900 What's up and text messages to a teenage girl trying to solicit sex from her, photos from her, and all sorts of stuff. Now, our little wannabe track uh, star, um, what was the wife's name again? Sedoni Mothersill, still wanted to have children with this man, even though he was accused and eventually convicted of stuff with a teenage girl, still wanted him to remain in the Cayman Islands. And he had the audacity to tell us 
and our athletic association that he was going to sue them if they did not put him back in the organization. Again, Caymanians, y'all slack. Because you think that I could have a husband who would be convicted of such an egregious thing with a teenage girl. And number one, I don't care how many children we got. We could have had 50 children. He not coming back in my house. He not lie back down in no bed with me. And he's certainly not getting me pregnant again. I would be flogging him. Like I said, all the way back to, I can't remember where Atto Stevens is from, Trinidad or wherever he was as a disgraced track star. And the other reason why they are um, coming here and flocking here is a lot of times they got records back where they're coming from. They got a clean police record. They make that shit up. He was a disgraced athlete in his own country for doping. So he comes to the Cayman Islands and like the fools that we are, we put him on a pedestal. And all of a sudden he's somebody here and getting a big fat paycheck to coach and rub up on our young girls. So sometimes they're coming to the Cayman Islands because they are running. Oh, Jay trying to, ah, a few years. Oh, poor you, Jay for Ducassin or whatever your name is. You don't have any facts in there, correct? None at all. It would not take me a few years to wise up. So you better get your facts straight. Not even six months, honey. And nobody was harassing Jose. So let me make it extremely clear. I can pull the documents and prove it if it needs to be done. So you, you come with your facts and I will show you what the real facts are. Let's not go down that, that lane because you're going to be opening up a can of worms that is 10 years ago, but some of us still got the proof and the evidence. Yeah, that was a situation where somebody was trying to use me, but I wasn't as fooled as he thought. And while he was using my internet and on my computer, sitting down at work, talking to another Spanish girl, messaging her and saying stuff. And then I said, by the way, who is this girl? Again, don't realize how much Spanish I can read and understand. Oh, that's my cousin. Hmm, that's funny. Because your cousin don't normally say, hi, papi, let me see your... I don't know what kind of cousin y'all are. And that young lady came forward and said, I'm not a cousin, but he told me he was single. Oh yes, I'm sure he did. Cause that's what they do. Come to Cayman trying to use people all over the place. We've all been potential victims. It's just a question of whether or not you decide to be victimized. And I realize that I better raise my standards and raise it very, very quickly. So let's make sure, Jay, for Ducasian, that you get your facts straight because your facts ain't straight none at all. And I can actually prove what I'm saying. <laughs> Bonnie says this is common in East End and nowadays a new face in East End, um, it's infested, you marry a man and his entire family. Well, I mean, we all say that when you get married to someone, yes, Tristan, that cheater. Thank you, Cece. When you marry a man um, or marry anybody, yes, you are by extension somehow going to be involved in the family. It's a question of uh, really what is the family trying to do in terms of using you? And you have to put a stop to it. I mean, there's, you know, families help each other. You know, I am fortunate enough to have finally 
found me a Jamaican that I can say, this is a, this is a really good man. He is a family man. And so when I married him, yes, I married into a family and I've acquired, you know, um, new brothers and they're all great people. Nobody's perfect. Some may have their issues, whatever, but ain't nobody being used around here. He brings a lot of value to our family, hardworking man. You know, we have a lot in common. Um, there's love there. There's loyalty there. And so these are the tenets of what you're trying to look for. Chow, CC, people be trying to dredge up certain things that they don't know nothing about. And they must have forget that I'm the kind of person that keeps receipts for a long time. Mm. Yes, honey child, immigration reform. Cece saying she is not marrying no family. Yes, you are. <laughs> you have married the family, girl. But if the family are decent people, they're not going to be putting unnecessary expectations on you. They're going to be limits and they're going to understand, you know, that you're not there to be used. My fellow Caymanians, the message here today, after I sat there yesterday, it was very obvious that we are fool as fly, as them old people would say. And that a lot of us are being used by people who have nothing to offer this country. They barely have anything to offer you on a personal level. Why are you permitting them to come here? They are bringing down this country to a new low, right? Because <clears throat> it's not so easy to get rid of them. You can, as with Atta Stevens after public outcry, he was finally gone. Like the um, system said, this man has a right to family life somewhere else. It's not like he doesn't have a choice. Here he has American papers. If Sedoni wants to move to the States with him, she'll have plenty of coaching opportunities over there. Goodbye. See you later. Sayonara. Adios. Hasta la vista. Hasta luego. So yes, you have options available to you. Don't marry someone who brings nothing to the table except criminality. They're going to be abusing the work permit system. Some of these same people up in court, you know how many phone calls I've gotten from Jamaicans who say, this person made me pay for my own permit. So yes, they took out a permit for me, had no job for me. And then I had to pay them $150 a week when I'm not even working. What do you think when someone is in a desperate situation like that? Right? What are they going to do when they're trying to live this ghetto, fabulous life? Every weekend, they're going to be dressed up, going to boat parties. Can't swim, but going to boat party. Right? Be flossing all over the place. Oh, I can buy 15-inch hair because I can afford the best Brazilian fake hair. And meanwhile, your children are NAU because, oh, your children are Caymanian children, you say. So government must take care of them. You know, business with them. You go into the Dominican Republic to get everything snatched and pushed up and tucked in. And, you know, you live in the most fabulous life. And in theory, I ain't got nothing. I done on my business normally. I wouldn't care. I would say live your best possible life. Do you. But don't do you when your Caymanian children are going to suffer. And because they are Caymanian, we the people must take care of them through NAU. 
So the quality of what I'm able to get in my life, what I can offer my child, because the cost of living is so out of control in Cayman, thanks to things like MAU, who's hemorrhaging millions of dollars because of a few no good, lazy people who don't want to work, but can dress up in a different outfit every friggin' week to go out and book cruise, um, nightclubs, parties, this and that. But you can't afford to take care of your children. Half the time you don't want to work. And every time you get a little bit of money, you're out there doing nails, getting a butt lift, getting butt implants, getting your breast done, all this kind of foolishness. You see, this is why it's my business. And this is why I'm like, no, enough is enough. We need to have these conversations as a community. We need to start calling all of you out who are engaging in these marriages of convenience. And like I said, I don't care who you are because I know some of my family up in it too. Sister dears, stop it. It's not benefiting you. These are the same no good, you know what, who come in here trying to molest your children, robbing people, doing the most, and you getting what out of it? A couple dollars, if that? Come on now. Y'all need to stop. Um, somebody says we're being a little bit too harsh on Sidoni. Shanae, thank you for that comment. Said she was married for, to him for many years. They had children together. And as, if I remember correctly at the time, she was already pregnant. I mean, I have business with that because let me tell you something about Sidoni. And I don't care if Sidoni wants to call me today. Tell her to call me. Because what I would ask you, Shanae, is before this man was even charged and in court, how many parents went to Sidoni to complain about her husband's inappropriate behavior? Huh? And what did she do? Threaten them with legal action. Now, you know, that wouldn't be no Sandy Hill. Oh, honey, no. Okay? Already pregnant or not on our business. Because when he ran from this jurisdiction... When the police were coming for his behind, what did he do? Run from Cayman. And what does she do? Oh, every weekend she and Plain going to visit him in Miami. That's how they were able to track his slack behind down. Because her sending him money through Western Union and visiting him. You don't think the authorities are watching her? So do I have any sympathy for her? No. Sometimes we all make poor decisions, yes? And we get involved with these no good men and God knows there are times it cannot be helped. And I don't care how long you're married to them. When things start to come to light, you should take immediate action. Maybe some other victims could have been saved had the first set of complaints that she received been dealt with. Mm -mm, no, because some of us so desperate for a man, we got to ignore even children telling you that this man is trying to touch them and molest them and feel them up and talking to them inappropriately. So when she wanted him to stay here after his conviction, right up the street from some of us in Savannah, a neighborhood that's not far from schools, full of children, I must feel sorry for her? No, 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 Shanae. Not today, not tomorrow, and not ever. You think, let me just ask you this question, right? That I could have a husband that come to Cayman. Now, you got to know your place, you know? I used to be married to American. I'm going to tell you all one little thing about that story. One time, he's a really nice guy. Great guy, actually. Maybe we weren't as compatible as we should have been, but he's a really nice guy. 
I can't say nothing wrong, nothing bad about him. He's deceased. May he rest in peace. But one day his sister come visiting, right? This is about the family now. Sister comes to visit. And she starts telling me some cockamamie story about, oh, she's into bird watching and all this. She's like a seven, you know, like really into like um, peace and love. And she probably was one of those in the 70s running around naked and flower girl and whatever. So she comes to Cayman, nice girl. And she's like, um, oh, I understand that you guys have people living in the bushes. And I said, oh, really? Where? In um, some place called East End, because my bird watching American friend said that there are people living in the bushes. So hear me now at the dining room table. I'm like, yes, honey child, we got people living in the bushes. Don't you see my grass skirt that I have on now? We live in the coconut tree and we run out living in the bushes. I said, girl, please. Don't, don't. Really? Cayman has one of the most sophisticated financial services in the world. We have better home structures, 90% better than what you have in Miami. Because when the first hurricane came through, Andrew, it blew down everything made out of bricks, out of um, of um, stones and, and little put together pieces of sheet rock. At least most homes in Cayman got a little bit of concrete in them. Even our old time, 150-year-old um, wooden houses doing better than your little piece of crap homes that you're building. I was like, girl, where do you get this stuff from? I'm a Caymanian. Yes, I've only just returned to the Cayman Islands. It was way back in the 90s, late 90s. If you had questions about the Cayman Islands, don't you think you should be asking me instead of your bird-watching American friend who ain't got no sense? Hmm. I'm like, where exactly are these people living in the bushes? It was almost like she was going to take her on a tour to see these Caymanian natives who live in the bushes. I was like, what? I said, honey, don't ever come to Cayman and insult me like that again. Because that that whole conversation was an insult. And I had to just set her straight. After that, she knew better. So when you talk about husbands and spouse, yeah, I'm telling you. Well, this is why you must know the ins and outs of the situation. So... When Sidoni's husband decides that he's going to challenge and send the organization that she was a secretary on at the time, no longer president, but now secretary, when he's going to send them a letter saying X, Y, Z, you don't think that as the Caymanian spouse, she should have said, uh-uh, step off, brother. What the hell are you doing? You were just convicted and served jail time for going after somebody's daughter. And now you think you're going to write a letter to the Cayman Islands Athletic Association that I'm a part of? She should have never allowed. Now, I get that he's an adult, but certain things he's still not doing with living in my house. She should have never in a million years allowed that. So as Caymanians, not only do we enter into these relationships of convenience, but we let the people come here and do the most, embarrassing us, our country, and beyond. That's not acceptable. That's when, when y'all be running up to my husband talking about Ma Road, he can tell you straight up, I don't know nothing about Ma Road. I don't really read Ma Road. I don't watch Sandy's show. That's not why I'm with Sandy. That I got nothing to do with me. So if you want to talk about Sandy and something else, but don't come to me talking about no Ma Road because I don't get involved in that. I don't get involved in Cayman politics. That's not what he's here for. And you know the irony now, we've gone seven years my husband has never once mentioned the word immigration to me. 
And in fact, I even forgot the other, I'm like, oh, it's been seven years. Should I be applying for something for him? I don't even know because that is not the focus of the relationship. He's not here trying to get his immigration status or papers. Can I think some MP said, oh yeah, he might be registered. He might be eligible to vote next time. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I haven't even thought about it. And he has certainly never asked me about it. Wise up. Because what we have is not what we're always going to have. Right? We need to make sure that we are investing in our country as a people. We cannot blame the politicians for all of our problems. We are to blame for a great deal of those. And so when we are importing people and we are allowing people, good morning, Eddie. Jason, what's up? <laughs> he said, good morning, neighbors, except those who smile and say, don't say it back. <laughs> You're so funny. So for all of um, these individuals, you know, that we are importing that add no value to our country, you have to understand what you are doing to the Cayman Islands as a whole. You are bringing this country down. Let us have better expectations, higher standards. Do better for yourselves on a personal level. Do better for your community. I got all kinds of people messaging me. Oh, this person works with this organization and they're this and they're that and blah, blah, blah. Listen. I wish that we could catch them all. You know a marriage of convenience? Call Elvis over in enforcement. I'm going to get all the direct numbers after today and start posting them all over the place. Start reporting these people. Immigration, works, CBC. The same way I'm sitting in an open court hearing how, right, Eve is committing immigration infractions Asking people to take out work permits for people that she know so that they can come to Cayman, have no legitimate work. The same way she is charging people $150 a week to be able to get a permit, but offer them no work because she's married to Caymanian. Y'all need to get it together and start busting some of these people left, right, and center. Here's another message. I love your topic today. As my wife is gone living with a Jamaican man now. We have three girls together and I have them with me. We're not divorced. She gone and get pregnant already. Have not been helping out with the children. She's from Honduras. She goes to NAU, begs for assistance when she knows that she don't have the kids I do. With all due respect, sir, you know what you need to do? You need to inform immigration of the fact that you are no longer in a relationship with her. You're not yet divorced and they can start dealing with that situation. How is she getting NAU benefits if the children not even with her? She is committing fraud. She is lying to NAU that the children are with her, obviously. No, no, Bobo, this got stopped. Thank you, Shanae. I just had to set the record straight. Mm-mm-mm. It is sad, Shanae. I feel you. And whilst that is the high profile cases, there's so many others that are happening that go under the radar and that we don't know all the details about. And day in and day out, this is what as Caymanians we're having to deal with. 
And I'm telling you, it's not a good situation and it's going to continue to make all of our lives miserable. Uh, Edis Bell, welcome from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you. Cece says, that's my friend, not lie, Sandy, your husband is so humble. Trust me, I hope you don't beat him, joke. Child, he's not that humble. He's not going to let nobody beat him. Um, but yes, uh, Eddie says, it's everyone come here to marry the Caymanian women. Do not respect them. Listen, women and men, we can't be blaming just the women. Enough men, y'all doing it too. And you know who you're doing it. Jose, good morning, good morning. Cameron says, don't blame him. He know you're not the one to get started. <laughs> yes, it's a business transaction. Mm -mm. Here's Cece now. She said, all the sister that works immigration, knowing full well that her um, brother is married for convenient and playing blind to that. Ooh, but trying to pull up everybody else. Yes. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. mm Mm -mm. Cameron says police, immigration, and CBC as a whole flew under the radar in the last election. They're not getting under no radar. We're on top of them. Yes, works can revoke. Absolutely. Good morning, Lynette. Charles says this topic is deep and a lot happening on both ends. Caymanians and expats being victims of this on so many levels. We all have our story that would drop jaws. You got that right. And on that note, thank you so much. Um, thank you. Oh, yes, somebody gave us Elvis's number. 925-8093. Um, Link up. Call Elvis. Uh, to make sure that you report through the complaints email. And you can call him and remain anonymous. So people are bringing up the fact that some people um, are married. The LGBT community are also married. I saw a comment about that earlier saying that didn't they remove um, the marriage of convenience because of that? No, no, no. That ain't got nothing to do with it. You can still be in a marriage of convenience. Um, even if you're a member of the LGBT community, that has nothing to do with it. I don't care what area you're swinging in in terms of that. You can still be in a marriage of convenience. And I don't think that they enter into marriages of convenience any more than heterosexual people. People just wanna be used and some of us wanna use people. All right, complaints at gov.ky. Um, apparently, oh, it's works. No full stop at the end of the email address. Okay, so it's W-O-R-C complaints at gov.ky. I'm being told that um, that is the email address. If you suspect someone is involved in a marriage of convenience, you can directly email them and remain anonymous. Get on it, my good people. Get on it. Every day we can do better. Thank you, Christine. Good morning. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, darling. It was nice meeting you yesterday as well. I saw Christine over by the courthouse. Rosie, what happened to her Caymanian Christian values and bleach chat, please? That, got, that long gone. I don't know how y'all be. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Let's not even go there. That is a farce. Us being in this Christian community is a farce. I see people get up every single 
week and running in church as soon as church doors open, but they're fornicating, they're adultering, they're doing the most, all kind of stuff, thieving, whatever, but they live up in church doors. Honesty should be the first thing that you try to go to the Lord with, but you are not working. Um, Alex says, once upon a time, it was just phone credit. Now I see people getting new car, rent, top of the line iPhone. Man got a smile or mi amor in return. Cece, you better learn Spanish. <laughs> Ay, caramba. You're getting more than just a smile. Because if you fool, if you're buying somebody all of that and only getting a smile, talking about iPhone, y'all know y'all be getting more than that now. Don't be lying to me, Eric. Tracy. Good morning. Right, right. Good morning, mama. Mamita Linda. Yes, thank you, Tracy. Love you too. Sasha's here on some wine. What kind of wine are you talking about? Wine to drink or wine upon them? All right. Anyhow, I'm not going there. Julie says, with no disrespect, but some of the government bodies need a total purge. Yes, that is for true. Um, Do I have my parking spot by court yet? Cameron, you know, yesterday I was actually thinking about this, that I should have a designated parking spot because <laughs> every day I go there trying to find parking. I like drive around five times. I need to talk to some peeps over there. Um, Sasha says, and some women even target the prisoners. What? So they are married somebody in prison. Like remember that jailhouse marriage we saw the other day? That was kind of weird. So they're going to marry someone in prison. To be able to stay in Cayman. Well, damn, that's like the best of both worlds right there. Because guess what? You don't even get any conjugal visits. You can be running around doing whatever. Maybe Mr. Gadir Singh can consider that. Maybe he's an eligible bachelor. He's in there for the better half of 13 years. Um, someone could marry him and live a whole other life. No, folks, don't do it. It's a fraud against yourselves. And more importantly, it's a fraud against this country. And we're all out here hustling and trying to get a little piece of the pie and working too hard for y'all to be engaged in, in this ridiculous behavior. Here's Cece now with the Spanglish. Alric, um, must have forgot, Cece, that you got some Spanish connections. Well, what she say? Entiendo poco español. Solo poco, papi. Mm-mm, mess with her. Um... Louise picking up on my Cayman flags in the background. Yes, honey child, we are representing love of country. By the way, let me move my mic out of the way. Did you guys not notice my coat of arms? Shout out to David from Prodigy. I feel like every time I go and see him, we have an arrangement. Now, hey, hello, don't y'all be getting it twisted. This ain't no kind of marital arrangements or nothing like that. Um, But he has the most amazing. Now, I'm not going to be like, oh, then I can't do the big rings, that sort of thing. My fingers can't take all that. However, um, this is beautiful. You guys know I have my my Cayman uh, flag, which I wear sometimes. And I have my island, which I love to wear. And then this is my latest piece, my coat of arms. Isn't it? You can't really appreciate it on here, but it is absolutely gorgeous. He does one of a kind pieces. He does pieces that, you know, this comes in different sizes. Big shout out to David. A good friend over at Prodigy Jewelers located in the village. Actually, I'm going to be visiting David today. Because we got to start doing some kind of features. Um, you know, David Ebanks has been a jeweler 
for many, many years, over 30 years, and he is the man. In fact, when I was there the other day, uh, a lady walked in, a nice English lady, and she was saying how she had gone to the highfalutin um, jewel place, and they're like, oh, miss, we can't fix this for you. But then the sales clerk felt so bad that they had her, her jewelry for like months and couldn't fix it. But she said, but you know what? You might want to check um, David Ebanks or Prodigy Jewelers. And David could fix it just like that. And it was like $15, $20 to fix it. That's when you got skills. And that is a Caymanian, folks, with some straight up legit skills. Alric says, poco espanol, poco dinero. <laughs> Alric, you are a fool. Poco espanol, espanol equals poco dinero. So if you're not speaking of Spanglish, uh, you might be getting too much of that. Jose, que pasa? Um, yeah, y'all are just y'all are just crazy. That's enough. That's enough. Necesito una uno rich compañero rico. Compañero rico. Uh, anyway, folks, thank you, Miss Maria. Um, thank you, Nicole. She says CMR is on fire, but y'all, I gotta get a court. So I can hear the remaining discussion from the detective. His testimony was just getting interesting yesterday. So, you know, I have not written anything on it as yet because I'm there trying to just understand what's going on. This case, I tell you, is very, very interesting. At the conclusion of the case, we will have a full expose on what I think. I don't want to get too much into what I think. I'm just reporting the facts at this time. Because I don't want anybody running to that same court of appeal talking about, oh, I'm going to appeal my case because Sandy somehow got into the minds of the jurors. We ain't going there. We're going to wait. Patience is a virtue. Tracy, buenos dias, Miss Valdine, uh, Cece, Jose. Yes, thank you all so much. It's time to go to court, good people. Y'all be good. Um, have a good day. Cece, you coming today? Jamelia, you coming? Yes, link up, link up. Court, folks, is open for all of you to attend and to see what's going on. On my way to court, I need to go see Miss Iva for my Caymanian mangoes. I can't go another day without a batch of those. I wish you all an absolutely beautiful day. Uh, gracias, mi amor, Jose. He says you're the best, Francia. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth. You guys be good. And... Uh, if you can't be good, at least try your best. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 